0: Are you an Aussie tradie and your paperwork is shady? Do the dockers' farmside side keep you up late at night? Are you sick of pushing paper? Swinging your tools the more you gave up. Call us the tricks of your trade! Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, where we talk about trade business topics to help you get through business life unscathed.
1: Does the bill to pay you late
0: and your cash flow you fluctuates?
1: Do you dread the office work? Can't afford a full-time clerk? Consider workers smarter. Don't be a business smarter. Call us the tricks of your
0: trade! Hello, welcome to episode 16 of the Tricks of Your Trade podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Surson, construction adjudicator, lawyer and director of Tricks of Your Trade. So today on my podcast, we are going to be joined by guest expert Gillian Hamilton of Managed Damage. Now, Gillian is uh, what I consider to be the best construction safety uh, professional that you will ever come across. Uh, The lady has got real site experience. She speaks in plain English. Uh, She talks in common sense solutions and she gives you practical advice that you can actually use. There is no stupid question uh, if you're asking Jillian something that you need to know to keep your workers safe or to keep yourself safe uh, and to run a safe construction site. Now it's my job on this podcast to feed you guys the vegetables and what I'm talking about there is I like to give you stuff that you love to listen to and that keeps you engaged but there are some topics that you need to know about and you don't even know how much you need to know about them. This is one of those topics and I bet you've never even actually considered that safety systems and safety compliance could actually win you work and I'm not bullshitting you. I'm not bullshitting you when I tell you that. I've got clients who have won work off the back of safety systems recently, uh, very big contracts, and this is the type of thing that will set you apart from the subcontractors who are just doing the bare minimum uh, to get themselves signed up to a job. Now, in this podcast, Gillian will tell you all of the ins and outs on how you can create a safety system and why you should create a safety system that not only keeps your workers safe, number one, uh, that is able to be implemented and understood by all parties uh, under the contract, but also one that you can use as a brag book to actually when you work. Doesn't that sound amazing? The paperwork that you understandably despise having to do, uh, could actually be the ticket, be the key to getting that next job that you've been trying to level up for. So without further ado I'm going to get into the podcast because it is quite long but please if you could stay with me to the end we have got a special offer for Tricks of Your Trade listeners uh, and existing tris- Tricks of Your Trade clientele uh, where Managed Damage has partnered with Tricks of Your Trade to bring you guys something extra special. Stay with me to the end you won't be disappointed. Gillian, thank you so much uh, for your time today and welcome. I'm super excited to have you here. When we uh, thought of starting a podcast, you were one of the very first people I wrote down on my list of people that we had to have along. Um, And what I think subbies really struggle with in terms of their businesses and certainly what they've been saying to me over the years is that oh, I just need somebody to do up my documentation and they see it as sort of like a set and forget type solution. Is that what you've seen as well with with what you've been witnessing in the industry?
1: Yeah, look, um, a lot of guys uh, find that all the safety stuff is really tricky um, and that it's very, very confusing. And But they do think they've got to get the paperwork sorted. And then after it's done, they think they don't have to do anything with it at all until there's a big bump in the road um, that sometimes, um, causes a bit of a trick as well.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so what we've been talking about in previous podcasts has been a lot around sort of subbies who are growing their business to grow their revenue turnover, which everyone wants to do, but, uh, they're struggling to really grasp how much they are exponentially growing their risk as they do that.
1: Yeah.
0: And, it's easy to think of things in terms of liquidated damages and you know, instead of being $1,000 a day, they're $25,000 a day with a bigger builder on a bigger job. But mm. what do you do when you have risk that you can't see in the contract how much it is? And so this is where we're sort of getting into this area of contract risk and contract negotiation. Yeah. Uh, and over the years, we've had conversations about things like indemnities, which um, just for our listeners out there, an indemnity is essentially a clause in your contract, which requires you to pay the builder for any costs that they incur because an accident's happened and somebody has been hurt on site. And so if that's your employee, what can happen is the builder can then come back to you and say, you need to pay me back for my excess for my insurance premium. Um, these are the legal costs that I had to fight this. And so it's an extra built in clause in your contract. And it is one of the ones that I've seen go, um, go bad for subbies in the past i've had clients who have had builders commence court proceedings and sue them uh to recover that money so it is a real threat and uh in terms of contract risk i think when we talk about safety it's probably the best example that you could think of where you just don't know how much that's going to cost
1: yeah and look um what we do when we work with people is you can have a bit of an idea depending on the size of the client, um, the kind of job you're doing, the expected kind of work you're going to do, who you're going to work with, where it's going to be, how long it's going to be. So there is some ways that you can sort of understand where you're going to go and what the, what the risks are. And it's a calculated risk. It's a, it's a, it's a good, um, solid understanding of where you're going to go, what are your current risk measures. Um, and what is the client expecting of you. Um, so we work with people to help do that as well, which is pretty important because it can blow out if you are going into a contract pretty
0: unaware of what's required of you. Yeah. Mm. And so you've actually written a book, Risk Dollarization, which is about quantifying uh, non-financial risk.
1: Yeah, so um, a long time ago um, I worked with businesses who really didn't understand the value of safety um, and it's, it's all out through the market. There's a lot of people who don't really understand safety as a, as a, as a value add. They really see safety as a cost um, and that cost um, you know, is really um, amplified because people only really understand the value of safety when it goes wrong, when it goes really wrong. And that's why people think safety costs a lot of money because when you have a terrible accident and your client is hunting you and the lawyers are hunting you and the workplace health and safety is hunting you and your work is suing you and your client's suing you and you lost time and you've lost the project and you've done your bum, that's a terrible situation and that does cost a lot of money. Um, But what we try and do is get people to the front of the jobs or the front of the risk and to understand um, where are those costs now Um, What are the things that you know are going to happen before you enter that particular contract? But in regards to safety, as opposed to just, you know, how much stock do you need? um, How many materials? How many boys? um, And how long is it going to take? Let's also think about these other elements of a job that people don't always think about before they tender and go into those bits of work.
0: Yeah, well, it's definitely in practical terms. I've seen it recently. I had a roofer contact me who had... Uh, his builder had asked him to accelerate the work and to provide an anticipated cost of acceleration. And he was sort of saying, well, how do I work that out? And I said, well, how many guys can you safely have on a roof at once? You can't just have a f- an infinite number of guys. Yeah. Um. So it's definitely something. But I think in terms of if subcontractors can see that not only are you mitigating your risk of losing money, you could actually be using these processes to win you better jobs so that you're working with better clients
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, for better ma- better margins as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what we find is that over the years, um, we've been able to
1: help um, clients actually win work by smartening up their safety systems and processes. Um, so um, we actually um, wanted to talk about that primarily today because um, safety is not only a cost, but it's actually an opportunity. You can, If you can show a potential customer that you are ready to go, um, especially with your safety, there can be some really good results for you.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, so um, basically um, we think that safety could be absolutely your biggest point of difference to help you really set out from, from the other guys and girls. Um, so what we wanted to go through was really, how can you make safety your point of difference and where is the value in that? Um, we also wanted to talk about you know, what do your clients, you know, what do your clients want from you? Um, We also wanted to talk about, um, you know, being tender ready, which is like the hardest thing you get to tender and you've got these guys at the end of the email asking you for a million forms that you've never even heard of. Um, And then we can also at the end just talk to you about, um, you know, what it can cost if it really goes pear-shaped. So um, that's sort of where we're going to go today.
0: That sounds exactly like what we need.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, from a point of difference perspective, um, you know, I, when I first, I didn't really understand for quite a long time this whole point of difference and making safety a point of difference until I worked for this really scrupulous labor hire company. Now, obviously, labor hire, um, we had heaps and heaps of construction clients um, and a lot of those construction clients that we provided labor hire to, um, they were looking for the best value. Um, in their particular labour hire providers. So they wanted someone who could help them with things like safety. So that's where we sort of jumped in. But also um, the labour hire company didn't win work with really big clients until we'd sorted out the safety systems and processes. As in, it's a massive hold point. It's a stop gate. And um, when we were able to show uh, the opportunity to, to be that true point of difference compared to your competitors, We were standing out. Clients were choosing us as opposed to any other labour hire company because we had good systems and processes. The teams were going in. We had actual safe work method statements, which in labour hire was actually Completely unheard of. We were doing host employer inspections. We were doing on site visits. um, And we weren't just visiting with donuts. We were visiting and actually having a safety professional meeting the client and the client going, Oh my God, these guys actually know what they're doing. Um, And that knowing what they're doing, feeling for a client, is the greatest amount of solace that a client could have because you know then that you're not just employing the cheapest guy, Mm -hmm. you're employing a guy or girl or a team of people who know what they're doing and know that they can actually deliver on the job and and deliver it safely, because these days there's a lot of bumps in the road that could come Mm -hmm. um, in regards to compliance and legislation stuff that can really hold up the head contractor a lot.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, One of my first jobs uh, working for a builder as a builder CA, we were audited by the federal government
1: yeah,
0: uh, because we had a federal government accreditation to work uh, for them as a as a, a panel builder essentially, and I remember our safety guy coming down and he pretty much had to rewrite all of the subcontractors' documents. There was a period of three to four weeks where we just knew that if we didn't get this sorted out, and the thing about it was, uh, in order to stay on that panel, you had to be audited on any job they chose and they didn't always choose the federal government jobs. And so this was actually a private job that we got audited on and it certainly changed the way that I thought about letting trades moving forward because I knew this could happen again. These were the guys who pulled through for us and and stood up with their documentation, but then the guys who slipped through the cracks uh, were high risk.
1: Yeah, high risk and then also not someone you bring back. Mm. You know, I've been the safety person on you know on um, big building sites where you, you know, it's high-rise you've got 60 floors and you've got a hundred trades now if I'm the safety professional and I have to write a hundred safe work method statements for all of the subbies a I'm gonna be furious B the contracting my contract my CA I'm gonna be up them and saying why are you delivering me these crap subcontractors mm. I don't want to work with them and eventually they the CA stops like what you just said the CA says I don't want to let these people have you got safety systems and processes because the fallback now the cost of fines and everything is so high for the PC but also falling through that it's actually not worth doing business with ratty subcontractors and a subcontractor who doesn't have a good safety system and process is perceived as ratty and you don't want to do work with them so um, you know, you don't want to be that subby who loses the next gig because you d- didn't have your systems and processes. And you won't be selected in the first place. This yeah. is the part where all the prices go in and they're asking all these questions. If you don't have all the answers, you are at the bottom of the pile, if not, never even looked at. Mm. Um, so that, you know, people will say, oh, why am I not winning work? People think, oh, it must be my price. I'm telling you, it's got everything to do with your safety systems and processes as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, One of the subbies that we do a bit of work with is just one, a big defence contract as a subbie. And he was saying that the foreman actually came to their premises and sat down with them one afternoon and wanted to see how their workflows were at their workshop and things like that. And you just normally wouldn't think that would happen. But this is what he was saying is, well, we want this work moving forward. There's all these defence contracts coming up. Uh, and yeah those guys they've won this job as one of their first defense jobs but were just blown away to say look it wasn't just because we were the cheapest, we actually weren't, it was because we had these systems.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean and the other thing is is as a as a subby, you know um, you don't want to be perceived as, a, as that you know non-compliant, crappy, subby you know like they're the busted ass boys we'll pull them in at the last minute because they've run out (laughs) of everybody else and we need this dirty done dirt cheap. Dirt cheap and nasty Mm. ends up in all kinds of hell and I mean you know yourself tell me as a CA how do you feel when they drag these sort of guys and girls into your workplace.
0: Yeah, look, it's pretty... Um, you can tell when they're scrambling to get their documents to you before they start work on site because they don't have them. And we've seen every single version of the $250 work method statement download that you can get on, yeah. you know, cookie cutter on the website type thing. And they just, none of them ever... Cut the mustard. I've never been a safety professional, but even I was able to say, "Look, sometimes this doesn't even have your company name on it, or yeah. um, what is the work that you're actually doing? Because this is not about that work." Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I mean, and unfortunately, there is. I mean, there's so much in the market, and um, the thing is, you've got to really pick out. You know, are you going to get good value for your money? Um, and and the thing is, like you yourself, when you're going for a job, it is. To me, I and I mean I'm a safety dude, and I'm also like a, a, a farmer's daughter. But I don't want to work in a place that's an absolute schmuzzle. Um And so, jobs that don't ask you for your safety systems and processes, to me, are a danger. Um, and as a and as you'll see when we go a bit further on, there's instant fines from Workplace Health and Safety Queensland if you don't have a Safe Work Method Statement on site. And there's an instant fine for the builder as well if they yeah. don't ask you. Yeah. So the point that we've got here is if they're not asking you in the upfront, what the hell are they doing with their jobs? You know, like it's actually the law. And if they're not asking you and you're not ready for that, my gosh, you're in for a hell of a light ride. You know, don't worry about the documentation. Worry about how they're going to be ripping you off with your costs and and disorganised and they're going to slow you up and and they're not going to be ready when you're ready and you're going to be. All your scheduling is going to be out. You're going to be ordering gear to be on site and they're not ready because they're disorganized. To me, safety is a function of business and it's an efficiency and a practicality of doing work. And if you can land it into your business systems and processes, it makes a job clean, fast, easy, and you make money on it. You don't lose it, which is what happens at the other end. Mm, definitely. Um, so we we are finding um, in the market that um, as you know, at the moment in, in, uh, in Australia, we've got some really good construction boom, okay? And there's, there's boom and there's bust. And we've all been in the bust years, right? Where, you know, you're doing work and they need a purchase order for your pencil um, and, and things are really, really, really tight. Um, and what I would say to you is when you're costing in your jobs, we really need to make sure that, that you're doing, if, you, if you're not adding in the cost of doing work safely, that you are gonna have fallout in a whole heap of other areas in your job as well. Mm, definitely. Yeah, so um, we've also found that if you don't um, invest in that safety in the upfront and then you do have a, an incident, um, you're going to end up um, paying through the nose to fix it. Um, and the clients uh, we've found really do hammer a particular subcontractor when things go wrong. Mm. Um, so, for example, um, a particular client came to me um, and and we'll talk later about engagement and stuff, but they were engaging a whole heap of ABN workers um, and they had a terrible, terrible accident um, and to the point where the worker actually died. Um, and uh, the worker, it, it has permanent um, damage from this particular incident. But because the worker wasn't employed as an actual regular employee, um, this, act, and they weren't paying work cover um, insurance for these guys because they were ABN workers and they didn't think they had to, um, that flagged an audit um, with um, WorkCover Queensland. Um, and that audit actually meant that they went through all the books of the, um, the subbing. Um, and they actually end up having a huge fine um, not only back pay for you know over a, two years worth of ABN workers worth of wages so if you're normally paying like two or three thousand dollars a year in insurance and all of a sudden after this incident you've had a terrible incident you've stopped work everyone's really upset and all the rest you then get audited and they got hit with a thirty thousand dollar work cover bill because they weren't paying their work cover insurances properly Mm. Um, and they got a fine as well because they can actually fine you double the fee of the last two years which is a huge amount and some states are really nasty um, and they'll hammer you like crazy and hit like that some states um, will give you a little tap on the wrist but you'll pay through the nose um, for that then also if you're having those kinds of insert you get hit up and straight away you need to engage a very expensive lawyer as well, you know, because you've done such a bad job of things, um, you know, you're starting to pay hard. So you've got to hire a lawyer straight away. You've got to hire an investigator. You've got to hire a workplace health and safety consultant to drag you out of all the bull. And then you've got to think to yourself, oh my God, and now I've got to stand in the court of law and say why did this person die and i'm the responsible person and i had no systems and processes Mm. and i've been sitting around saying i'm going to have to do this safety stuff you know i've got to get to it i've got to get to it and putting it off and off and off and only after you finally you know you finally have a terrible accident you pay through the nose you don't pay once you pay thrice poor man pays thrice and this is Mm. where um guys end up getting in, in a hell of a bind um, if they haven't set up their systems and processes in the first place?
0: Yeah, it is um, it's certainly a difficult one. I have, um, you heard my last, uh, one of my previous podcasts with one of our clients um, from a few years ago who had his ABN workers and he got the BAS bill. Um, I'm not sure whether or not he was affected by a work cover adjustment as well, but it's something that you just don't see coming. And I have actually worked with clients in the past who, um, one of one of them in particular, one of their family members was killed on one of their jobs. So this guy, it was one of his family members, a fatality, there was a major inquiry in court and these people didn't feel like they, um, obviously that you don't want to face it at the time because you're in such a state of grief, but... When everything was looked into they were found that they had their documentation in place but what they said to me afterwards was we didn't even understand the documents yeah. we like we knew we had them in place and we knew that they were probably right but it was more a case of were they meaningful were that was it a lip service that they were saying no yeah. i've ticked the box i've paid the money up front to get my systems or do I, we really have systems that work for us that we understand yeah. and then they were saying well our family member's gone and that was on our job site working for our business and so why didn't our systems keep him safe?
1: Yeah look um, that kind of situation is absolutely gutting because not only have you um, set yourself up for a good safety system and process but you haven't followed it all the way through. You've bought bought the book, inverted commas, but you've put it on the shelf and you haven't actually installed it into your business. Um, so I mean that's that's the other risk um, because once you know and you've got all that evidence you really ought to have known better and that's where the law sometimes really catches up with you and workplace health and safety uh, for each of the states have really started to um, increase the fines increase the penalties and actually increase the liabilities to owner operators to any businesses that are out there to say to you if you harm somebody you could go to jail and there's huge huge fines Mm. um so um you know even outside of the fines nobody wants to have a fatality ever Mm. um and 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 outside of a fatality any incident causes the hugest bumps in your road and it really does start to damage the reputation um, it absolutely damages how you're feeling um, and it de- and certainly really makes a, a big uh, challenge for your business. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've seen, um, you know, the way that um, businesses are perceived um, really is through their safety. So I'll give you one example of, you know, I work with guys from one-man band up to really big ASX and internationally listed companies. And um, the way I really help customers is I make I like to make my clients look good you know and I and I like to make sure that if you're a one-man band and you're going to a job that you've got a safety brag book you know you've got your safety systems and processes they look awesome and they're with you and you know they're in your vehicle and or they're on your work site and there's something that you can show and it shows off yes we're organized yes we use safety yes everybody signed on here's the book here let me show you how I use it and when you can actually show the client and the inspector or anybody else what you do and how you use it, then you really start to elevate and your customer, your client, they love you because if there's an inspector comes on and they pick up you, the subby, and you've got, you know, your little book here and you're going, well, this is where our inductions are, sir, and here it is, and this is where our um, Safe Work Method Statement is, sir, and here's all the copies, and here's our safety management plan, sir, and here's our... You know, it's SDSs, we've got all our SDSs and all the boys have signed on. You know what? Your client is going to give you the biggest high five when that inspector's mm. gone because you've been able to help them get through a very difficult time and it saves you and them both a barrel of effort, which is awesome, you know, mm. and it can be fines because they've got these instant fines now as well ranging from 960 bucks to $52,000 mm. for, for certain things. So that's um, super important. So what we want to do is we actually want to help your clients. We want clients to pick you. We want clients to pick you out of the crowd. So when you put in your tender, you're putting in a safety system and process. You're putting in, um, you know, your safety management plan. You've got your, um, you know, your SDSs. You've got your safe work method statements. You've got your plant safety checklists, and it's all completed and it's going into the client when you're actually tendering at the time and. When you do that, the client goes, oh, my God, look at these guys. They've got all the stuff. Mm. And and when when you are a small subcontractor, a nifty subcontractor, if you can show that, you step ahead of all of your competitors. And so, you know, when you're in the where's wally of, of doing work in construction, you literally are selected. You're selected out of all of your competitors because you've got your yeah, your pink hat, your purple shoes, your red folder and you're ready to go and the and the client goes, well, these guys look like they know what they're doing. Mm. And and if that's your first impression to a new tenderee and you're going in for work, this is
0: what you want to show them. Mm. So that's one of the things that clients are always saying to me. Um, oftentimes, they'll get me to review a contract before they win the work so that yeah. at tender time, they'll say, can you review this for us and tell us anything special about this job? And um A lot of it is reporting requirements for all this sort of stuff but there are rafts and rafts of requirements for safety and that's where they sort of come back and go oh yeah 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 no we should have all that but really the ideal situation is isn't it that they know what they're actually so when they see the list of documents that they're supposed to be providing they can send it through at tender because they know exactly what they're talking about so they can recognize what those documents are
1: yeah so we help a lot of guys like Small, medium, and large businesses to actually tender for work because, as I said, you know, some clients want this, some people want this, 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 this. And I remember once I attended on this job for Gorgon and they actually had like this procedure, and there was like 2,000 pages of procedures that I had to read through for my client. And in one section, it said that thou shalt wear trouser straps whilst riding bicycles quite literally, in the procedure. (laughs) And, you know, and to me, that's like one of the craziest, most determined particular thing that you wanted to, um, you know, throw into um, a particular, um, you know, contract. But, my gosh, it was there and we had to include it. You know if we're ever riding bicycles not to wear you know make sure we're wearing trouser straps and that got us through the you know through the tenders hundreds of tenders going yeah. for these jobs so you know um, it, it's really important that you are across those things and when you're going for those tenders um, like we help people you know they give you the list of all the safety things and you go what the hell is that even I sometimes say what is this that they want mm-hmm. I've never even heard of this thing and so you know, it really does depend who they're working for. There is reasons why they ask it. And look, sometimes even I don't know the reason why they ask it, but it is helpful if someone can help you choose like, you know, okay, we've got to respond to every single thing they're asking for. We've got to provide something to every single thing they're asking for because if you write not applicable or if you write I don't have it, or if you just don't respond to it, again, you go to the bottom of the pile. If not, you don't even get printed out mm. because you didn't accept any of these things. And they're like, well, sorry, this guy obviously has no idea what he's up to. Let's um, let's leave them out of the mix. Let's not even worry about putting that through the tender basket. <laughs>
0: that trouser straps thing sounds like a shit test for to see if you'd actually read the documents. It oh, sounds yeah. like some smarty pants over there would have just, let's put this absurd thing in there and see how many tenders we get that have mentioned it and if you had been the one guy who had written about the shitty old trouser straps on the bicycle yep. there's you stand out from the crowd right there absolutely and I look I do think sometimes there is a few of those little tricks
1: set up purposefully, but um you know we just have to you know it's it's a potential client you've got to do what they want you've got to put your pink hats and purple shoes on and do whatever they ask and we have to do it in a way that's sensible. And sometimes, um, you know, we can submit what they want for tender, but then we can actually negotiate what is acceptable and if that's exactly what they need for the actual contract Mm. Um, so that you're not going in blind, everybody's wearing pink hats and purple shoes. We might say, look, from a reasonable risk management perspective, we might need to consider something else here. Um, And if you're using, you know, someone to help you have those conversations, um, it it helps you get through some of that, um, you know, high-level... Uh, stepping stones you got to get through to get on the job in the first place, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, and look, we've found that there is absolutely information overflow when you're trying to like work out what do I have to do. Um, so, for example, um, in the last um, you know year and a half, all the codes of practice. Uh, for workplace health and safety in, all, in almost all the states, in every state really, let's be honest, are now law. They used to be a good idea and you have to prove that you'd follow them or something better, but now they're logistically, specifically law. So for example, I did some, um, some like calculations of how long it takes to read all the codes of practice. Mm. So in Australia, the construction guys, um, I think there's about 34 codes of practice that you have to meet. And out of all these codes of practice, each of them average about 24,000 words. Mm. Um, and that normally takes around about um, six hours to read um, and interpret. Um, and we worked out that if you were to start reading, it would take you five weeks solid just to read every single document on those hourly basis. You've got to take half an hour break for lunch and everything, but... Mm. It take you up to six weeks just to read the documents, yeah. let alone install them into your systems and processes. Yeah, it's so cumbersome. It's so difficult, and we try and make it really simple because you just can't. Who has time to do that? Hmm. You just don't have time to to get through all that. And um, the the uh, acts and regulations. You're talking about over a thousand pages of actual document you've got to read and understand to do the work you do.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's just a no-brainer to outsource that kind of stuff to people who do it all the time. I mean, if you look at any given subbie who's got a contract terms to read at tender, then they've got all the drawings in the Dropbox and even all the drawings that are referred to or incorporated by reference in the Dropbox, principles, project requirements, all of these management systems that they've got to promise to have in place up front and I know that it's just it's not achievable in the tender time frames and then you get addendum after addendum where they're sort of sending things through saying make this potential change but this is also up in the air and you know I don't envy these subbies who are getting locked into these fixed price contracts with liquidated damages per day and the constraints of a program and all of this it's just not possible to be jack of every component of your business as a subbie. Uh, if you're a trades person that it's not reasonable or practical. Well, it's,
1: it's, it's not practical and um, the thing that you do have to do is you have to work out who you can trust and you have to kind of need to know where to start. Um, and I was thinking about that question when I was throwing it in here because the first thing is, is that you do need to know who you can trust um, and um, it would be very helpful for you to ask around and, and ask for some referrals. If you wanted some help um, with your safety systems and processes, I'm not here to say here today say use manage damage and nobody else and 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 neither are you Um, but I I think the point is you've really got to choose who is your consultant Mm. you've got to choose about how they charge um, what do they offer you um, are they providing you a full set of um, services are they going to give you part of the service um, what do you need? Um, because it's not, so everybody has different needs. You know, is it a big job, a little job or a huge job? Mm. Um, is, you know, do you have one guy, two guys or a hundred guys? Um, do you um, need um, something all the time? Do you need a full-time person? And sometimes I speak to customers and say, look, you shouldn't really be using us for what we would charge. You might be better off to get a full-time person because all the things you have to do, mm. you're better off investing in a, in a guy or girl full-time. Um, So, you know, it is very important for you to understand what you need first. And it's very hard to know that until you you speak to someone. So we offer like a chance for people to have a yarn um, and to pick up the phone and call us and or make a meeting to meet with us and and talk about what is their safety needs? um, Where do they work? Who do they work for? And we help them grow. You know, some Mm -hmm. businesses need a really um, neat little safety system and some people need something huge because their clients want something Mm. huge. So it just depends on who you work with. Mm. Um, And so um, we try and make it super simple um, and able for people to access. um, And it's got to be able to be um, portable to different kinds of jobs Mm. and grow with your business. Um, So, yeah, that's also something that, you know, you really have to make
0: sure when you're going to start. And what about then? Um, I've got a few clients who have got ISO certifications and things like that, and they've had people mess with their documents over the years to just sort of do a band-aid thing with a new legislative change. Is that is that something that your service takes into account when you are looking at somebody's safety system? The, are those objectives still, is that a service you provide, I guess? Yeah,
1: so it? we help people like, um, You know, some people have a system already um, that's um, either too big or too small, Um, and some people have a system that is not big enough for a particular client, Um, and then some people have no system at all. Um, And so we work with all different levels, um, and we really are against um, you know here's our cookie cutter you must use this mm. you know it just doesn't work like no, that it doesn't because work. Um, you know I've seen guys pay through the nose like huge money 5 10 20 grand for stuff that they get knocked back by the clients all the time you know they're like but but I paid 10 grand for this and the CA doesn't care what no. you paid for it they just say look this doesn't meet our systems and processes I'm sorry <laughs> I'm sorry you paid so much money. And often they don't even say they're sorry. They just say not compliant. Please resubmit. Um, And so what we find is that we become a a partner with our clients. You know, um, I've got some guys who, um, you know, speak to us every time they've got a new tender. We help tender with them. Um, We also talk to them about how much it's going to cost to like be compliant on that particular job. Like Mm. you're going to have to think about lead stands. You know, you're going to have to think about, these particular people want this kind of safety and it's mm. really, really high-end mind safety. You're not used to doing that. You're probably going to have to account for this, this and this. You're going to have to put VOCs into your pricing. Um, things that really leave you hanging out if you haven't really thought about it and cost-wise really mm. blows out your current expectations. You win the work, <laughs> but you won't win it with enough margin to do the job at the end of the day. So it's important that we like work that through. Um, and and people will then just come back to us to update our swims here and there or I need to do this for this job. Can you update it there and or I've got I need a whole new client. They're doing an audit. Can you help me be ready and or um, can you help do an audit for us anyway? We just want to check in how mm. things going. So, yeah,
0: yeah, no, that sounds exactly um, like the way to go, I think. Uh, I know I'm always harping on about not using template notices for things like EOTs and things like that because you just you have to do it in accordance with the job at hand and the contract and the specific terms of that contract and yeah. cookie cutter just doesn't cut it in any way.
1: Yeah, and I think the other thing is is it's about like when we do work with customers, we become their phone a friend. So if if something goes wrong in the future, you know you can just pick up the phone and call someone. So we're we're famous for. I can't be bothered to write an invoice for less than 15 minutes so if you can say what you need and ask the question um, within 15 minutes, I don't have to bill you and you get what you need straight away. Yeah, exactly. Um, So that's always fun as well and look, as I said, um, I think, you know, we have got information overload in the safety department and it is really important someone can help like simplify that for you and cut through all that garbage and you don't have to read all those pages. Um, we've also seen that the regulators are really hot at the moment. Um, they are finding like crazy in the construction world. We've got like these new instant first, um, you know, priority first fines, mm. um, and all around the country there is these priority first fines, which start at 960 bucks for a, for an ABN worker. Um, you know, ABN sub-E, um, through to fifty-two thousand bucks if you don't have the right electrical license and you sub it on an electrical labour hire and guy and did some electrical work that day, mm. you know, and and if you don't have your swims on side, it's seven thousand bucks. If you don't have a SDS, it's four thousand bucks. So it's a really high, and they can find you instantly. It's not like, "Please, sir, I need to explain." It's like, "Sorry, here's your ticket," mm. and then you have to spend with lawyers to try and have it overturned. Um, so there's some, there's a lot of that around at the market, um, and so it's important that you do get ready. Um, so that you don't have to um, be fighting with regulators. You can just show them your, your fancy new system and go, here, look, here it is. I've got my SDS and <laughs> I've got my swims and here's my safety plan and everybody's signed on today. What else would you like to know, sir? Yeah. You know, so you sort sorted. Um, we've seen in the fines department that, um, and, you know, if I was a tradie, I'd be going, but back in 2016, so 2016, how many years ago is that? Like, Five, five, seven years, six how years. How good's my maths? So I've got no six, answer for it. Six years ago, right, <laughs> in Queensland, this is an example. Six years ago in Queensland, there was 2,300 fines issued by Workplace Health and Safety Queensland. Ooh. Yeah, out of the whole of Queensland. But then... In eighteen nineteen when they in in they when they started putting out these fine first ask question later, yep. thirteen thousand fines. So so you've gone a hundred and ninety percent increase. That is
0: insane. I thought two thousand three hundred was a lot. I had no idea there were so many fines. Yeah,
1: so they are um I think it works out to be well, I'm not even gonna tell you that it's millions and millions of dollars. I think it's twenty five million dollars extra they made in the revenue this year. Um but that's back in 1819. We're now 2021. That's two years ago. So these first finds ask questions. Later came out not last year, but the year before. Last year they went steady because of COVID. Um, I think they're on the on the rise and returning because things are getting pretty easy again. You know, like COVID's almost gone in Queensland, um, and I have seen the inspectors out with their books, and I've been helping customers really tidy up some of that, um, you know, those fines that are just coming through hot and, and heavy and they are very expensive.
0: So what about then, um, unions, because I had a call from a subbie two weeks ago and one of the sites had been shut down um, because of something that a union inspector had picked up from his trade and it wasn't even anything that was making anyone unsafe, it was an administrative um, shortfall. And it was actually, it was not even a shortfall, it was something that sequentially in the reasonable carrying out of the work he wouldn't have actually done yet, Uh, but they had shut down the site. And so I think there's probably a lot of subbies out there who wonder, you know, how do we tell if it's a WHS inspector or a union inspector? Yeah, so we'll talk about that in our
1: next um, in our next um, podcast. But look, there's different kinds of inspectors, there's actually hundreds of different kinds of inspectors. So we'll talk about that in more detail, but Workplace Health and Safety Queensland inspectors are supposed to put a high-vis vest on it. at the back says Workplace Health and Safety Queensland. Okay. And they're supposed to show you an inspector's card as well. Um, and then the unions actually do also have rights to inspect workplaces. Um, and they also are supposed to show you their card as well Um, and um, it is important that subbies understand their rights around these sorts of things um, and that they're working well with you know with the inspectors Um, we have to be respectful but we have to also be understanding about what are they asking why are they asking and that's where that phone a friend service Mm. comes in very handy because if they turn up you can pick up the phone and give us a call Mm. and say look um I think you need to do this or I think you need to do that um, because it's always different. And sometimes it really does um, end up throwing a curly. But if you know a bit more, then you're a bit more sorted. Mm. Um, Just on the fine side of the things, um, in 2020, just before 2020, we just had the workplace health and safety laws change. Um, and the greatest fine that was available before 2020 was 3.5 million bucks for um, a category one workplace health and safety fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but since 2020, um, the industrial manslaughter laws came in, and Queensland now can fine um, up to 10 million bucks. Right. Um, so can WA, so can NT. Um, Victoria's got a $20 million fine for industrial manslaughter, which is where someone might um, pass away from workplace health and safety um, from, from an incident at work. Um, and um, yeah, so we're really seeing the fines increase. You you actually uh, cost less to have a cartel than it does to, to have right. a terrible workplace accident in Victoria. Wow. The um, same for Queensland. So um, things have really changed and that, that kind of corporate fine, it's not just for the big companies. If you're a business that's a company yeah. So, if you're a business, if you're not an ABN, if you're at any kind of PTY LTD, you're a corporate fine um, and you, you can be held responsible and accountable for these larger style fines. Um, so, it is important that you do understand where your company risk is, um, how you're insured and all those sorts of things to make sure. And, and now, it's against the law to have insurance against these fines. Yeah. Um, so, that also came out through. So, it's very important that we are doing the right thing for safety because... Now, um, the impacts of doing it not correctly are not only difficult, um, you know, personally, but financially, they're they're absolutely um, life changing. And there's there's actual jail time for people as well. So it's very, very serious. And it's time for people to try and, you know, it's a great time to smarten up and catch up, um, you know, with their systems and processes. Because you know, there's a bit of money in building at the moment. When there's a bit of money, it's not a, you know, it's not a hard time to get in mm. and, and sort things out. But as soon as the money's gone, I, I bet you a million bucks that's when the, t- the terrible incident occurs and you don't have your safety system and process and you really wish you did.
0: Yeah, so who the bloody hell has got $10 million at any given time to just hand over for nothing? Um, I just want to just go back. I heard you mention then that it's now against the law for you to get an insurance policy against the risk of being fined?
1: Yeah, so the Boylan Report, um, which was commissioned by um, the Federal Government, um, was in regards to um, people having fatalities at work. Um, and the Boylan Report, um, also um, a lady called Miss Boylan, um, recommended in that report that um, people should businesses shouldn't be allowed to take up insurance against those fines. Mm. So there's big companies that were having uh, fatalities, and um, if they had that fatality and um, the judge said to them, hey, look, um, we're going to fine you, say, $4 million, an insurance policy would pay that fine um, and therefore the company had less incentive to do to be more responsible of mm. their safety because the insurance just covered. Who cares? I'm insured. Exactly. Um, so now, uh, unfortunately, that policy is not available. It's actually against the law in a number of states in Australia. Um, and so um, now, um, you know, not only is those fines possible, but they're completely uninsurable. So, you know, you really will be um, in a in a hell of a trouble if something happens.
0: Yeah, it's definitely something to keep in mind with contract reviews too, because I know that there's all these catch-all indemnities and you must um, take out insurance for all of your obligations under the contract. and. For a while there have been little chestnuts that who have crept in there who you can't actually get insurance for in the country. So definitely something to keep in mind.
1: Yeah, I think we I think, you know, it might be helpful to talk about insurances in a in a further further podcast as well. Um because it might really help. We find that there's lots of tricks in that trade as well. So (laughs)
0: let let, let's um let's come back to that one for sure. Sounds amazing. I'd love to spend another day with you. So um Wrapping it up then, thank you again for your time, Gillian. Uh, I just, I can't say how valuable all of this information is, even for me, and I'm not a subcontractor. So those listening who will have picked up on uh, some really great tips in this podcast, I'm grateful uh, from all of us. So thanks again. Cheers. Thanks, heaps. That concludes our episode. Uh, For episode 16 of the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, if you would like to take advantage of Gillian's insane offer uh, for construction safety management systems, Gillian is offering Tricks of Your Trade listeners a one-time price of $1,500, including GST. Now, that is a complete compliance safety system brag book, just like she talked about on our podcast episode today. Now, I'm going to provide the link to this offer in the show notes for this podcast, and if you, for whatever reason, you can't find it there, go to www.tricksofyourtrade.com.au manage manage damage offer. And you will be able to access the page to take advantage of Jillian's offer today. As always, if you have any questions about what we've talked about on this podcast, you could just send me a good old fashioned email at questions at tricksofyourtrade.com.au Alternatively, go to our website ww.tricsofyourtrade.com.au uh, and you can contact me via the contact us page.
1: Are you an Aussie tradie and your paperwork shady? Do the darkers farm site,
0: keep you up late at night. Are you sick of pushing bugs swinging your tools the more you gave up? Call us the tricks of your trade. Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, where we talk about trade business topics to help you get through business life unscathed.
1: Does a bill to pay you late? and your
0: cash flow fluctuates? Do you dread
1: the office work? Can't afford a full-time clerk? Consider workers smarter. Don't be a business smarter. Call us the Tricks of Your Trade.